Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. that you're here today and we want the presence of God to just have his complete and utter liberty. Let it walk up and down the aisles, touch our heart. Amen. We want the Lord to know that he's welcome not only in our home, but in our mind and our heart and in our lives. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you, Brother Herndon, for leading us today in prayer and for drawing our focus uh, to a center point today. And I think it's so important to be instant in season and out of season because in truth there is no out of season and the reality is that we are all called to be um, ready at all times to speak of the good things of God amen you may not be able to quote 107 verses in scripture but you know what the Lord did for you and where he touched you and what he's done a time what he's done time and time and time again. In the book of 2 Timothy chapter four and verse two, this is our centerpiece today. Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. God has called us all to just be instant in those moments. Amen, when he speaks to our heart, opens a door of opportunity, and presents with us a chance to share, spread the gospel in some measure, in some degree. You never know when you plant a seed in the ground when and where and how it's gonna come up. You cannot just push one kernel of corn in the dirt and receive one kernel of corn back. It's gonna pay much greater dividends than that. And so I wanna talk about being instant in and out of season. My pastor, Brother Billy Tumman, when I was growing up in ministry, he, um, he taught us very stringently that when you are called on to do something, that's what you do. You do no more and you do no less, but you certainly never say no. And of course, I was in, in a pulpit ministry, so he was speaking of that, but there are many aspects of that, of course, that this principle would apply to. But he said, when I call on you to preach, he said, I want you to preach. And he said, if you hadn't prayed one down, then you better think one up. <laughs> so, <laughs> any questions? <laughs> if you hadn't prayed one down, you better think one up. And so the, the point was that you need to keep one prayed down all the time. Some of you are struggling to believe that he would say something like that. But yes, indeed, he did. Because you never know when God is going to call on you in a moment of time and that you're going to need to give a word and that word needs to be fitly spoken. In Acts chapter 8, we read about a tremendous revival that is happening in Samaria 
And an evangelist by the name of Philip is highly and greatly involved in the preaching of the word of God and many people's lives are being touched. He was seemingly at the apex of this revival that God spoke to Philip and told him to arise and go to Gaza. And it was completely away from where and what he was doing. It would only seem to me in, in just human logic, it would be fair to think that Philip would, after hearing this, would think, well, if the Lord is using me this greatly here in Samaria, my, 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 what wonderful things God must have in store for me. And so if people are receiving the Holy Ghost and the people are being healed and, and if all of this is happening right here and God wants me to leave this, then I must be destined to be headed to something greater. He could have somehow assumed that the crowds were going to grow and the miracle count was heading up. However, as Philip walked through the desert, his path crossed that of a man sitting in his chariot. And we have all effectually come to know this man as the Ethiopian eunuch. The word eunuch in scripture often means impotent. And that could either be from birth or it could perhaps been something that had been inflicted upon that man as by a ruler. However, it can also, that word can also and does in this particular passage of scripture mean that this is someone who serves in a high capacity of great authority. And so that's exactly what is meant here in this scripture. And so this Ethiopian eunuch sitting in this chariot is not a man that we should feel sorry for. He was a man of esteem. He was a man that had been entrusted with great authority. And so the Ethiopian eunuch was, uh, a, he served under Candace the queen and, and uh, even some writings talk about him being her treasurer and things, of that no, and, uh, things of that nature. So he held a place of prominence. He was in his chariot reading from the book of Isaiah. That's what the scripture tells us. I want to pause here just long enough to say one thing, that the miraculous encounter for Philip and this Ethiopian eunuch started out very, very innocent and very simple. God directed Philip to the right man at the right time. There was no fanfare. There were no billboards. There was no promotion of any sort. But God just put... Philip in the path of a man that was going to need what he had in his heart. Now, on a daily basis, we're not likely to have angels come down every morning and just have breakfast with us and talk about the events and the affairs of the day. But without a doubt, if we have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, then we can have and do have his spirit leading us and guiding us every day. I don't know about you, but many mornings in our home are pretty ordinary. If I don't fix the coffee for, if I don't fix my coffee, it generally doesn't get fixed. I'm not talking about my wife. I'm just saying there's no angelic. Some of you went the wrong way. If I need coffee, the Lord doesn't generally send an angel. I have a personal angel that does come down every now and then. Am I redeeming this, guys? This is how you do it. When you get in a jam, you just use the same shovel to dig your way back out of it. And that's what I'm doing right now. Let's forget about angels and coffee and let's go back to Philip and the eunuch because I was on much better ground right there. 
It started out innocent. It was just an ordinary day, but God had greater plans. Amen, God had greater plans. I believe since we are filled with his spirit that his spirit can lead us and guide us every day. And so that's why it's important to turn down the noise of the world around us. We live in a very hurried time, a very busy and a very noisy time. I believe that the Ethiopian eunuch just represents a small part of our population today of people that have a measure of religious bent in them. Maybe they read the scriptures and maybe they pray daily, but perhaps they do not know the truth about the saving measure and the power of God and what he can do in their lives. They are sincere, but they could be sincerely lost. And that's why they need someone to show them the way more perfectly. The Bible says in Acts 8.29, then the Spirit said unto Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. And in verse 30, the Bible says that as Philip drew near to the chariot, that he heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. It's important to note that it was customary in that day that when people would read, they would read aloud. That was just their custom. And so when the Lord said to join yourself to this chariot, there was a method to the madness. I want you to go hear what he's saying. I want you to go hear what he is reading. And so as this man read out loud, I believe the beauty of this moment is found in the fact that God had already prepared this man's heart to receive what Philip had been divinely sent to share with him. God had already been working on the other end. I'm, I'm gonna tell you that I love, I love the testimonies not only in scripture, but I love the testimonies that are current in this day where God works on both sides of an equation. We may think that we're just doing one thing right here and it's so simple and it matters nothing or matters little, but on the other side, God is working on the other end. And if we'll just obey the Lord's leading, then we can be sure that he'll go before us. Amen. I, I, I like you, Brother Herndon mentioned this morning about missing just gateways, opportunities that perhaps all of us are guilty of. We miss those little promptings. But I just have been trying to do my best in the last many, many months, if not few years, to not ignore the promptings of the Lord. And so I respond and sometimes there's a response back but not always a response back. But I'm gonna respond in faith that I'm obeying the promptings of the Lord because I don't wanna miss not one because I've already missed too many. Amen, I've already missed too many of those opportunities and I don't wanna miss another one. I believe that if we will obey the Lord and obey those promptings that God will go before us and he'll prepare that soil of a person's heart. This man was reading from Isaiah 53, seven and eight the passage describes the Lord as a willing sacrifice for sinners. And so as Philip began to explain these verses to him, he began to understand them. He began to see the validity of them because the spirit of the Lord was opening his mind to the truth of God's word. I will tell you today, it is not enough for the sinner to desire salvation. They have to understand the plan of salvation. I think something critical to the process is found in Matthew chapter 13 and verse number 23. The Bible says, he that received seed into the good ground, here's the definition for that person, is he that heareth the word 
and understandeth it. You can't just hear the word, but we've got to understand the word. Amen, that passage goes on to say something very beautiful and that is the fact that if a person can hear the word and understand the word, that they will be bearing fruit in their life not many days from then. And so I will say today that many people have heard some of the greatest preaching that has ever been delivered, some of the greatest messages that have ever been shared, but if they didn't understand it and only walked away with a feel-good moment in their life, then that seed may never take place that may never be planted in their heart enough that they themselves begin to bear fruit. I want to tell you this morning, I don't want to waver too far from the from our subject this morning, but I don't want to just come to church and stay engaged until I feel what I think I need to feel and then let that be enough. I don't want to just stay in the house of God long enough that I feel better about myself and then walk out. But I want every service there to be an atmosphere created. Amen, an atmosphere that is conducive for the word of God to go forth with understanding. Amen, to be able to preach the word and make sense of the word of God. Why? Because that seed has got to take root because the individual receiving that seed, the heart that receives that seed must bear fruit itself. Amen. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17 that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so this word of God has got to go forth, but it's got to go forth with understanding. This man's experience was so real that he insisted on being baptized immediately. Verse 35 says something powerful that should never be forgotten by the church. And that is this, that Philip, when he was standing at the chariot, and this man began to read and he began to converse with him that Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. He began at the same scripture. I've said it many times, but please let me repeat it. Philip began with this man where he was in the understanding of scripture. And I believe that is key to witnessing to people. We need to begin with people where they are. Amen. No matter where they are, that's where we need to start working on them. Then we can lead them with the help of the Holy Spirit to where they need to be. We shouldn't just begin there and leave them there, but we need to begin where whatever people have an understanding of, build on that foundation and move forward from there. Don't try to tear everything down. We can just build on there. He started there and began to preach to him Jesus where he was but it seems apparent to me that he wasn't just gonna talk to him a little bit about Isaiah and move on. But it seems apparent to me that he must have touched on the importance of water baptism somewhere along the way. Even no, no doubt this Ethiopian eunuch had seen people being baptized while he was in Jerusalem. I say that because all throughout the book of Acts there are accounts of people being baptized and where they were baptized, they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. I believe it was the hunger of this Ethiopian man to know the scripture that motivated God to connect with him. I wanna just say something one more time to, for all of us today that God is drawn to hunger. Hungry people get the attention of God. I say, Lord, help me to never come to church with my life so full of things that I can't be pleased or satisfied. 
I want to be hungry when I come into the house of the Lord. I want to tell you when you're hungry, when you are hungry, you might be on your second helping before you realize that the beans were even scorched when you're hungry. But if you're not hungry, you're going to pick it apart from beginning to end, from stem to stern. You can find something to criticize. But I say, Lord, help me to come in and be hungry. I want to be hungry for your spirit. I want to be hungry for your power your power, hungry for your anointing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It seems obvious that the Lord had arranged this meeting. It seems obvious that God was the one that allowed these paths to cross. John 16 and 13, the Bible says, the Lord speaking, the spirit of truth will guide you unto all truth. I'm thankful for the spirit of truth that will guide us into all truth. I'm thankful for the truth of the word of God. The Lord called Philip from this great revival in Samaria to a lowly place in the desert. The story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch details how God divinely orchestrated an encounter between two people that otherwise would have never met. Philip was in Samaria preaching about Jesus. He had no reason to be in the desert, no reason to go to the desert. But God said, I've got somebody I need you to meet. God said, I've got someone I need you to talk to. The question that begs an answer of all of us today is this, what would we do and how much we give? would we give and how far would we go to just win one? There's little doubt that many people would like to follow the shadow of stardom that would come along with being a world traveler or a world-renowned evangelist. Perhaps many would, would seek a stage that would bring them personally a measure of notoriety. But I will tell you today that God is looking for someone that will walk away from it all for the measure of winning one man or one person. God knew the heart and the readiness of Philip. I believe God knew he could trust Philip not only to preach to masses, but he could trust him to preach the word of God without fear and favor one-on-one -on -one. in the same way he knows who he can connect us with. God knows what he's doing in our lives every day. Order my steps in your word, Lord. Order my steps in your word, Lord, and let not iniquity have any dominion over me. Order my steps in your word. That is why it is so important that we not only listen, but respond to the word of God. Philip's encounter with the eunuch, I believe, was just a precursor to what God was later going to do. Acts chapter 10 talks about the full conversion of Cornelius, the Roman centurion. God sent an angel to Peter to prepare him to leave Joppa and preach salvation to a devout man who lived in Caesarea. Here was a man that prayed often. He gave much alms. He was a very good moral man, even a religious man. And God saw the hunger in his heart. And the Lord said, I've got somebody over here that I can send to him. And the Lord began to work again on both ends. Hallelujah. That's how God does it. If the Lord's speaking to me, he must be talking to somebody on the other end. If God is speaking to you, then he must be speaking to someone on the other end. And I want to move with that kind of courage and confidence. And as a result, not only was Cornelius saved, but the scripture says that all of his house was saved. I believe these conversion experiences share more than one parallel. Both Cornelius and the Ethiopian unit were both 
men of influence in a non, and, they were, and they were among non-Jewish people. Sometimes I believe that when we're witnessing, we don't have the faith that we ought to have that what we're saying is gonna land in the heart of a person and that they're gonna respond to the Lord. Amen, we know sometimes there's a a greater need than what we can see. We understand that beyond what what may be taking place in that moment, at that one setting, amen, there may be something much larger than that looming in the background. That's why I pray, Lord, help me to be sensitive and see what you want me to see or see what I need to see. Sometimes the people, uh, we, we might think, you know, a certain demographic of people, well, they're, they're the ones that would be more hungry for the Lord than another demographic. But I, can I tell you that God is reaching for everyone. He's not just reaching for those that are poor or down and out or those that are broken, but God is reaching for men and women of influence as well. He's not just reaching for them, he's reaching for all. But we need to realize that the Spirit of God, we would need the spirit of God can and will lead us to hunger and hunger is what matters whether the person that's hungry has influence or not whether they have means or not we need to say Lord you lead me and you guide me I don't want to be off put by the despair in somebody's life but I also don't want to be off put by the title and the power in another man's life why because we need to realize that God is reaching for souls Amen, we categorize people, not God. Amen, God is reaching for souls. But I will tell you this, that if we reach for someone with influence, we have to understand there's a broader impact because they may have the power to touch more lives than anybody else. And so when we're sharing the truth of God's word, we just need to say, Lord, lead me to whoever you will. And if it's a man in living in a cardboard box or if it's in a man in the Capitol, I pray, Lord, let my voice be a voice of clarity and let me make sense of your word let me speak it teach it preach it without fear and favor and let the truth of your eternal word be settled forever in their hearts can we clap our hands my God let's clap our hands to the Lord I love you Jesus I don't want to discount anyone or anything another parallel between the conversions of of the Ethiopian Eunuch and Cornelius is how God supernaturally led his disciples to minister to them. The Lord gave them direction. He gave direction both to Simon Peter and to Philip. And each of these men had to step outside of the areas of their current ministry to do what God was wanting them to do. He had these men go beyond their geographic stance of where they were in that moment to reach somebody that was hungry to hear about him. Amen. They were not even really allowed to do that. Not allowed to worship with, with the religious Jews. But the Lord said, I need to send you here because I need a voice they need to hear. I believe the obedience of God's faithful messengers opened the doors of influence to reach entire communities of people that had been marginalized by the society in which they lived. The day that Philip walked into the desert at the, at the word of God. He had no idea that he was cutting a channel. He was making a way for the gospel in Ethiopia. He had no way of knowing when the Lord said, I need you to leave the revival here and go where I'm sending you. He had no way of measuring the trench 
that was taking the gospel to Ethiopia. Philip's willingness to go a different way, to leave what he was doing, his willingness to be inconvenienced, his willingness to step through an open door. He had no way to measure that in that moment, nor do you and I. But I say, Lord, here's two hands. If you can use them, use them. Here's two feet, God. If you can use them, use them. Here's a voice, oh Lord, if you can use it, use it. Philip did not know at the time what God was doing in his life. He just simply heard and walked in obedience. It might have even seemed foolish at the time. 1 Corinthians 1 and 28, the Bible says, in the base things of the world of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. No plan made with human logic could have orchestrated what God was fixing to do between Philip and an Ethiopian eunuch. He did it in such a way that no one could walk away and say, well, it was Philip's worldwide ministries that is the end result of all that's happening here. There is no way he could take credit for that. He wouldn't even have been there if it hadn't been for the prompting of the Lord. And so God often does things in such a way that he is the one that's gonna get all the credit. And so I will repeat what preachers have repeated many, many times through the years and decades. They have said there's no telling what we could do for God if we didn't care who got the credit. Sometimes we're willing to step up front if we can be up front long enough to be counted. We will step up front if we can be up front long enough that we can be noted and that someone will call our name. There will be a gold star. But I say, Lord, if you can use me to just walk away from Samaria for a little while and go into the desert, if you can use me and I know nothing about it on this side of eternity and only, a, and only find out about it on that great crystal shore, I will tell you today it will be worth it. We have no idea whose lives can be impacted if we will just step out in obedience. Salvation never comes from a man, but God always uses others to lead people to him. We can't save people, but we can certainly use, be used as the conduit through which the truth of God's word can be shared. That's why we've got to be ready to give an account of what God is doing in our lives at any given moment. In 2 Timothy 4 and 2, the scripture says, preach the word. Be instant, in season, and out of season. This week, I was in Ocala, and I was in a business. I was in a place of business with uh, Brother Bishop Pat Williams, and we were sitting at a man's desk taking care of some things, and at the end of our conversation, we stood up to leave. The gentleman at the desk asked me for some contact information. So I was giving him the name and the number at our district office. And so when I said United Pentecostal Church, I was watching him write. And he wrote United Pentecostal and he stopped. And he looked up and he said, so you mean you men are Pentecostal preachers? And I said, yes, sir. He said, would you please have a seat? <laughs> and so we sat down. Amen. In that moment, he began to talk to us about his upbringing. We had not ever met this man before. 
And he began to talk to us about the church that he was raised in. And I'm, I certainly would never call any names, but he said, I lived my whole life and I never heard about the Holy Ghost. I never heard anything about the Spirit of God being able to indwell a man's life. He sat there behind that desk wiping tears out of his eyes. He was talking about a man who Bishop Williams actually happened to know that had been witnessing to him and talking to him. And he said, I just wanna share a few things that God is doing in my life on this journey. I'm not where I wanna be and I don't think I'm where God is leading me. Amen. And so we, as we sat there, he was wiping tears from his eyes and it was an open, it was an open business. We were not just in an office. We were in an in a open room where there were many desks, many people working there. When he finished speaking, when he finished talking, he paused just a moment and Brother Williams said, he said, would you mind if I share with you of how God healed me when I was in the hospital and I was dying with COVID-19? Can I share that testimony with you? And that man said, absolutely. And Brother Williams said, and as he began to talk about what God did in his life, in his heart, that one afternoon in the hospital, tears began to run down his eyes. This man's wiping tears out of his eyes. Amen. As he began to share the story of healing, we began to talk to him about a church that was close to him, one of our churches that was close to him. He actually knew the pastor. And so we said, you need to go and see what God can do in your life. I want to tell you, we went there that morning to do one thing, but I don't think that's what God had in mind at all. He said, I need you to go there and I need you to walk in because there's gonna be a man sitting in a corner at a desk and he's hungry, he's hungry and God is drawn to hunger. God is drawn to hunger. Oh, hear me today. I believe our world is filled with people that are saying, I've been going to church my whole life, but I'm going home the same way I get there. I've been going home the same way, unchanged. My marriage is in trouble. My family is in trouble. God, would you send me someone? And so I say to the Hatchman Apostolic Church today, let's get our eyes off of Fox News long enough. Get your eyes and your ears off of CNN long enough. Get our eyes off the internet and the newspaper and say Lord I know what's going on in this world. It's dark and dismal but there's people that are dying and they need you today Lord. Help me to not just be tending the fire of what would please me in my life but oh God help me to be instant in season and out of season. Someone needs to hear Someone needs to hear what God's done in your life. Somebody needs to know what God is doing in your life right now. They need to know it. They need to know it. They need to know it. God, allow us to be led by the Spirit. Amen. He alone can add to the fruit of that. Amen. If we're not careful to be Spirit-led, we may waste valuable time. Waste valuable time witnessing to people that don't want to hear it. Amen, let me segue here just a little while, if I may, just a moment. Amen, we need to be led of the Spirit and we need to have the Spirit of discernment. 
Amen. There are people today, I don't mean this to sound crass, crude, or unkind, but there are people that don't want to hear the word of God. You can find that from the time that the Jesus even sent out his disciples. And so I gotta be very careful. I gotta be very careful. I know this isn't a popular message, but please hear me this morning. Jesus in Matthew 7 and 6 warned about casting our pearls before the swine lest they trample them underfoot. I'm gonna tell you what I have to share this morning not because it's me but what I've got to share this morning is too important to be cast it's too important to be stomped in the mud hallelujah if they don't want it I say Lord lead me to somebody that does lead me to somebody that is hunger I don't mean to sound cavalier I don't mean to sound unkind but I'm going to tell you that the world is wrapping up and it's wrapping up quickly and so I say Lord while it is yet day let me work because night is coming when no man can work no man can work in John 6 and 60 on down through probably verse 65 or 66 or so we can find that when Jesus started teaching and the teaching got a little hard the crowd got thin amen and we live in a postmodern church age and by that I mean that many people today view religious truth as highly subjective. And as a result, many people today are rejecting sound doctrine. And the scripture speaks of people in the last days having itching ears. Or in other words, just tell me what I want to hear. And so church has become, sadly for many, just a pick-me-up, just inspirational, just make me feel better about myself but don't cross swords with me. Just tell me what I want to hear. But our text today says preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. And we've got to be willing to teach what is right. And we've got to be able to teach what is right convincingly and with conviction. But let me say this, that if there is no conviction in the church, then we can't expect sinners to have conviction when they come into the church. If the church body, if the church family doesn't have convictions in their own lives, then if we have just removed all the gates and all the fences and all the lines are just blurred and if we have no personal convictions, then how can we expect that somebody that is lost to come in? Amen, I don't think anybody should come to the house of God and feel condemnation that comes from human hands, but they should come into the house of God and feel conviction that comes from glory. Amen, let the spirit of God prick their heart. Amen, the Bible says in Acts 2, I know it's there, I read it this week, that while Peter was speaking these words, while he was still preaching, they were pricked in their hearts. Amen, they were pricked in their heart, not to just stand on the front porch and shake the preacher's hand and say, man, that was some good singing, or that was a great sermon, or this is a great, this is a great program, but he stood up and he said, what must we do to be saved? I need to know what I gotta do. I can't drive home without it. I can't go home without being baptized. I can't go home without the Holy Ghost. I can't go home without the Spirit of God doing something in my heart. And so I say, church, we gotta stop playing church if you're playing. We gotta stop patty-caking. Amen, we need to come to church with heaven on our mind. Hell, amen, needs to be fresh in our heart. Say, Lord, I wanna make it. I wanna make it to that city. I wanna make it to that city. Amen, whose builder and maker is God. I 
have got to go. I've got to go. Our Father who art in heaven, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Hallelujah. In earth as it is in heaven. I say, God, let the power of the Holy Ghost be done in me. In me, let it begin in me. share God's word with his guidance when we share God's word with his patience we will draw those who are spiritually hungry to himself I'll just re-sound an old fashioned this morning but I've just met too many not just heard these little testimonials through the years I have personally met too many people whose testimony went something like this I was driving past this church and something spoke to me and said, what you're looking for is in that building. Amen, I'm telling you, I haven't just, I've heard plenty of testimonies of people that I haven't met, but you're looking at one preacher that's met. I've, I've, I've put my hand in their hand. I've hugged the necks of men and women who were walking down the road, and the Lord said, what you're looking for? Amen, I met a man who was staggering one night in a drunken stupor, walking down a, a sidewalk. He was headed back to his motel room to pass out and call it another day when the Spirit of the Lord spoke to him and said, what you're looking for? is in that building and drunk as he could be he staggered into that building amen he began to pray and they baptized him that night and his own testimony said when I come up out of that water I was as sober as a judge and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit of the Lord gives utterance I'm telling you church God is not just wanting one or two of us to be instant in season he's wanting the church to be instant in season and out of season amen there's shouldn't be one hot service and one cold service. I want you to. T- I want to tell you today. Invite your friends. You can invite them to come Sunday because the Holy Ghost will be here. But you can also tell them come on Wednesday because the Holy Ghost is going to be here. Amen. It's not going to be hot on Sunday and cold on Wednesday. Amen. We say just come in the door. If you'll just walk in the door, you're gonna meet a red hot God because you're gonna meet people that are in relationship with that God. tell you that everybody's not going to respond to the word like we would hope they would. Everybody's not going to stop what they're doing, run down to the altar and repent of their sins. I'm not being negative, but I'm going to tell you when they don't, then we don't need to put our Bible away and let the spirit of discouragement move in our heart 
and in our home and in our mind. Amen. I'm just, I just can't get away from this. I just feel it in my heart to back up and hit it one more time. Amen. For everyone that doesn't want it, God's got some that do. And I say, Lord, help me. I don't ever want to stop praying for people. I don't ever want to stop reaching for people. But can I tell you today, amen, we need to find some hungry hearts that have never heard this word and say, Lord, amen, if those don't want it, then lead me to somebody that's hungry that'll pay the price and do whatever that saith your word. Your word. Instant. In season. Out of season. Oh, God, help us. Help us to never come to church. Our thumbs hooked in our overalls. Say, well, it's just us tonight. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Well, you know, we got a lot out today. We got a lot out tonight. Oh, we just kind of sing a few songs and get through and get by, check it off your list. Are you kidding me? Amen. I'm going to tell you that when we walk through the doors, there's an eternal weight on our shoulders. Amen. The weight of eternity ought to be pressing down on us. The weight of eternity ought to wake us up at four o'clock in the morning to pray. The weight of eternity ought ought to stir us. It ought to stir us. It ought to stir us. Instant. Instant, in season, out of season. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We got to be ready. We got to be ready at all times. We don't know when God is going to move. We don't know when God's going to speak. We don't know when God's going to open that door of opportunity. Amen. I don't, by no means am I suggesting today that we got to walk in a place of business and grab a microphone, jump up on a table in a restaurant, make a fool of ourselves. Amen. I don't even think they do this anymore. But, you know, used to at stores have little microphones. You can clean up on aisle five. We don't have to go clean up. We don't have to go grab the clean up on aisle five microphone and try to sneak a preach. You get led away in handcuffs and probably should. But Lord... Help us to just be a mouthpiece. When you need a voice, let me be that voice. When you need some hands, let me have these hands anointed. When you need someone to do something, Lord, help me to be there to do that. And you know what? You may be, the, you may be doing the most lowly thing in the world. You may be five miles from a microphone and an audience when God said, I need you to share. I need you to share. I, I'm going to go back to the gentleman we met. I'll, I'll close. I was oblivious to this at first, sitting down in his office or sitting down in that, in that office space. But he started talking about what God was doing in his life. He said, I'm so thankful to be working on a job where they don't mind if I talk about what the Lord's doing in my life. And then he pointed and I saw the church card. He invited me to attend where he's now attending. He had pamphlets and tracts and leaflets and Bible studies on the corner of his desk. I didn't even, hadn't even paid attention to that. 
Do we have those on ours? Are we that prepared? Are we that ready? Lord, let me share something. Let me give you something. Amen. I didn't mean to squint spirit here. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Here's a man that's still searching. But he said, I want to share what I know. I want to share what I know. <laughs> let me share this with you. Let me, let me share this with you. And I was not talking to a fanatic. We were not sitting at the desk of a radical. We were just sitting at a desk of a hungry man. A hungry man. Lord, help us to be instant, in season, and out of season. Isn't the Lord good? Amen. Let's stand together. Lord, I love you today. Would you let your sweet spirit touch our hearts? Oh, God, I've done my best to deliver what you've placed on my heart to share. Oh, God, I hope I've adequately said, oh, Lord, what you'd have me to say today. I pray for your anointing to touch our mind, our heart, our lips, strengthen us as a church. God, let us be moved, not just stirred, but moved. Not stirred that will wear off in a few days, not stirred that'll be gone in a couple of weeks, but moved where we can't get away from it, God. We wake up under the burden. We go to bed under the burden. Oh, Jesus, help us to realize the lostness of mankind, the lostness of mankind. Jesus, touch us today. Touch us today. Touch us today. Amen. I mentioned a moment ago about the relative nature, the relativism in the minds and the hearts of people today. I mean, the word of God is just, it's just another book. But can I tell you, it's not just another book. I will end with this, I promise. But in, in, in Luke 4, when they were gathered, they were gathered together and, and Jesus was reading and he was reading from the book of Isaiah. And then, the, and then the Bible says something very significant that he took that book and he handed it to the ministers or he handed it to the ministry. I just want to make an illustration here. He handed the book of truth and he put it in the hands of the ministers, the apostles, the disciples. But there is coming a day, judgment day, it will not be a pop quiz, ladies and gentlemen. God is not gonna just pull something out of a bottom drawer that's been hidden and tucked away and shock the world with a test. But it's from this book he's gonna reach and take that book right back out of the hands of the ministry. And it's from this book we're gonna be judged. I don't wanna try to twist this book and make it fit me. I need to twist me and make it fit this. I don't need to try to massage this book until it satisfies my palate. But I gotta keep working on me until I can hear the word of the Lord that said to Ezekiel, eat this whole thing. Just eat this whole thing. Just take it in, take it in, take it in, take it in. Oh, there's some bitter, there's some bitter places. There's some sour places. But oh God, I need it. I need it, I need it, I need it. Amen. Lord, I love you today. I don't know what you're speaking into the heart of people today, but I believe you are speaking right now. And I ask you, oh God, to let your presence touch our mind and our heart and our lives. 
Strengthen us now in the name of Jesus. May your grace touch us today. May your grace touch us today. Amen. May the Lord bless you. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.